There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Spark. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them across the UK. You don't usually hear the same people on this podcast. But today we're here again from Kirby. Who told us another story that we couldn't resist sharing with you. Here it is. So about two weeks ago, I... A little more, maybe three weeks ago, I walked into my apartment. And the first thing I could notice was the floor was so warm when I put my feet down. My husband had lit some candles because I was just coming back from a long trip. I went in the kitchen and there was Indian food sitting there waiting for me. And I just, I couldn't take it. I just thought, this is too much. There's just too much of everything. There's too much warmth. There's too much food. There's just too much. Because I had just returned from a trip uh, from a very small island in Greece called Leros, which is one of the islands that's receiving refugees right now. And I had volunteered there. And the, the one night that sticks out of my entire trip, we did shifts along the whole entire camp. There's a lot of, a lot of different ways to help on the island. Uh, this night in particular, we're waiting for a boat to come in. Leros is very different when they receive refugees in the fact that you don't get the refugees right from the ocean. What happens is the refugees come in on the little dinghies, a lot of times with life jackets that are stuffed with rocks and straw that have been sold to them by smugglers that don't actually work. They get plucked out of the ocean by the Greek military and put onto an island called Pharmakinesi, which is a military island. It's closed off. Nobody, no NGOs, news, nobody can go there. They're kept on this island for about four days. They're starved. They're not given water. They're beaten by the military. And everything is kept private by the Greek government in this. So by the time that we receive these refugees, when they come in, they're in shock. They're dehydrated. They're... They're a mess. They're they're just they're they're near death when they come in. So that night in particular, usually people leave the camp. We lock the doors in the distribution center and leave by 7 p.m. But that night, we knew that a boat was coming in. So it was me and my other volunteer friend that had come from London, and we decided to stay for the the boat that was coming that night. And we're folding clothes, setting up the distribution center, setting it up the next day, organizing. We have a knock at the door, and usually we're like. Oh, It's going to be someone asking for shoes or this or that. And so many people need so many things, but you have to say no because you're going to start a riot. So we go to the door. Ends up, it was a family with a baby that was vomiting and had a fever. 
And we're like, okay, we know what to do. We're going to take him to the hospital. So I put on, put on my jacket. I get the, the lights, the headlamp going so we can walk him over the hospital. I walk him over the hospital, drop him off, come back to the distribution center. People are still folding clothes. No news of a new boat. I'm standing there. Hear another knock at the door. Another family comes in. They've got a baby, eight-year-old boy. He's vomiting. He's got diarrhea. He's really, really ill. Another knock about two minutes later. Another child. I'm like, okay, trying to figure out, all right, let's get some water, get some water, let's do that. Another knock, a man, he's got the same symptoms. It starts occurring to us at this point, it's got to be the water. It's got to be something happening, something is spreading throughout the camp. Then, through the door, walks the family that I had just dropped off at the hospital, and through the translator that we had there, a volunteer translator, I learned the doctors said, no, there's no doctors here. And I knew automatically what that meant. There were doctors there. I saw them with my own eyes. It meant there's no doctors here for you right now. So in a panic, seeing, knowing that we're going to have more knocks that night, and it's just me and my other London friend there and three refugees that literally just came off the boat that early, earlier that day that knew how to speak English. We were the only ones there. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the police. I'm going to go to the police. They're going to help. They're going to help. We're going to figure it out. So I walk around the corner. It's about probably about 200 yards. I go to the port police and I say, help. It's, there, there's, it's breaking out. It's got to be the water. There's a stomach illness. There's babies with fevers. What do I do? The hospital won't take them. And they shrug their shoulders at me and give me a mercury thermometer that I can't do anything with. So I say, okay. And I walk back to the storeroom and we do what we need to do. We push the clothes off the tables. We set down mats. And I'm going to tell you about the storeroom. The storeroom is covered in mold and asbestos. It's an abandoned building that they've repurposed into a receiving space. And we start putting people down and we start treating them. And we're hydrating them. And I'm taking my Google Translate and I'm taking the Danish medicine that we have, because it's the only thing we have, and using Google Translate to find out how much we give. And, and at one point, this woman looks at me and she says, well, she, she has this, this baby, probably, probably about eight months old, and says, doctor, doctor, when I'm going to take the baby from her. And I say, no, mama, that, because it's all I can tell her. Not a doctor, I'm not qualified to just say, mama, that's all I have. And language barriers, just mama, because I'm a mom, mama. She breathes out, because we know it's, that's it. That's all there is. And she hands me her child, and I treat the child. And we hydrate them, and we give medication, and we're taking the layers off, and we're doing everything we can, and I'm using all the knowledge I know from my kid. And when the sun comes up that next morning, thankfully, everybody left that space. Fever's broken, healthy as we possibly can make them be at that point. And I go back to London now, and walking in and feeling the warm floor and feeling so thankful. And I showered and I got all the filth from that camp because there's a smell that the refugees camps take. You just you take it with you, and it was in the airplane with me, and it was in the airport, and it was everywhere, and just a smell. And I wash that off. I'm leaving the bathroom, and I go into my daughter's room, and I look at her in bed, and I just started crying for the first time. And it wasn't it wasn't sad tears. It was it was thankful tears because she had taught me how to be mama. She had taught me how to be the person that I need to be that night. And I was so thankful to that little tiny body because in that privileged little girl that's sitting warm in her bed in London, having everything she needs, 
is lives that were saved, and she doesn't even know it. And in that moment, I resolved from here on out, no matter what happens in our life in London, no matter what happens here and everything that we have, I'm gonna do everything that I can till this war is over to help and make that little girl the proudest she can possibly be when she understands. Thank you. That was Kirby. And since that story was recorded... We've invited her to work with us to create a night of stories... Connected to the refugee crisis in the Middle East. So come join us for Tales of Escape on the 25th of February at the Exmouth Market Theatre. With all proceeds to refugee aid... And the Lehrer Solidarity Network. Full details at stories.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.